grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Acts chapter 2, where this early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Dear friends of Christ, today is Good Shepherd Sunday. It's this window right here, the last stained glass window that we have, and I'm sure our camera can't get a good picture of that because of the angle, but uh, here you see Jesus, and he calls himself not only the Good Shepherd, he calls himself the door of the sheep through which we may enter and find pasture, the door through which believers may come to God and find access. And, of course, Jesus knows his sheep, and he calls them by name. So he knows your name, he knows everything about you, he knows when you rise before you rise and when you sit down before you sit down. In our gospel lesson, John calls this life guided by the good shepherd an abundant life. That's what Jesus calls it. And this word, I like that word abundant, because in the time of famine, abundant food is good. And in the time of, of gloom, sunshine, abundant sunshine, that's good. And in the time of sickness, an abundance of hope and healing. And in the time of death, an abundance of life, especially in Christ. I love that word abundance. So often it's a good thing, especially the, the abundance that Jesus offers. Yeah, but what, what does this abundant life look like? Well, I want to talk about that today. What does the abundant life in Christ look like? Is, does it mean that we're just always going to be filled with happiness and peace and we're going to be joyful and no troubles? That's not what it means. In fact, the Bible says in our earlier lesson that we suffer because we're followers of Christ. And there will be great suffering. So let's consider our theme, what is this abundant life? Um, you know, it's very comforting, isn't it, to have a shepherd? And we don't understand that relationship between sheep and shepherd because we're a bunch of townsfolk and um, we don't know much about shepherding. So thankfully, Jesus explains it and he summarizes it and he puts it all together in one sentence. How convenient. He, as him leading us and guiding us as our good shepherd, he says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus comes to bring us life, not just life, not just that we breathe and, and, and live, but that we have some kind of abundant life, overflowing with something. So what's so abundant in your life? What's this abundant life look like? Well, of course, we find ourselves in the middle of Easter, Easter 4, and as we are here, we think about the resurrection. So obviously, this abundant life has something to do with the resurrection, right? That Christ Jesus died, rose again, and now we have a resurrected life in Christ, and we're going to live forever. And one day, we'll have a resurrection. Because Jesus says, because I live, so also will you live. So there's going to be a death and a resurrection. But the abundant life in our Good Shepherd is not only about some future event. It's not, this abundant life isn't about something that's going to take place as a future gift too, it's something we also possess today. And you possess it entirely. So what is this abundant life? It's a possession you have now. This abundant life has nothing to do with an abundance of, of things or money or even blessings. This abundant life is lived in the presence of God and He calls you His temple. 
You are the temple of God. And this abundance is the heart and center of your, of your being. This abundance is, is God living in you, Christ living in you. And what does that look like? What does it look like when Christ dwells in you and lives in you? Well, we understand it from our first reading. It's about, here in our first reading in Acts chapter 2, it's about the life of the early church. And this was a very early church, even before Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and gave them tongues, that miracle of Pentecost when the birthday of the church happened. This was even before the problems and the persecutions and the sufferings that happened in the early church started to happen. And Acts 2.42 tells the whole story, summarizes it perfectly for us. What is abundant life? And St. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, puts it this way. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to the prayers. Well, that means that they passionately persisted in doing these things. Or we could say they abundantly studied God's Word. They studied God's Word in abundance. Or we could say that they worshipped in abundance. Or we could say that they gathered for the Lord's Supper in abundance and received all the blessings of that. These are the things that they were into. They were into these things, you see. My little grandson's into these things. He's a, a little three-year-old, Peter. He likes being a pastor. He's into these things. And there was a, uh, he's, he's got a little car. And in, in their town, they do drive-by communion. Um, and so he gets in his little plastic car and he takes his communion set because he plays church all the time. And he's, he's, got, he's got the stole, he's got the robe, he's got everything. And I say, you're pretending to be a pastor. He goes, I am a pastor, right? He's into these things. And he stands before his altar that he has at church, and he's got the whole liturgy down, and he's, and he's singing the liturgy. He's got it all memorized at three years old. He's into these things. And the church of God early was into these things. They were abundant in these things. It gave them their whole heart and their whole mind. And, and so here my grandson is in this little car and, he, and, and he's practicing drive-by communion. And the people are coming by and he's giving communion as they're driving, as they're driving through. You know, he's into these things. And of course, that's, that's what the people were. All of them. All of them. From the greatest to the least, all of them. Devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. If this is the description of abundant life, and this is the description of abundant life in the early church, what should abundant life look like today? Well, it should look the same, shouldn't it? And does that describe us does that describe all of our members that we were all we are all devoted to the apostles teaching we're all devoted to studying god's word we're all devoted to uh the lord's supper we're all devoted to worship and to the prayers and if we can't say that about ourselves in our churches today what does that say about christianity in the world today and about our abundant life in christ well let's take a closer look at this really early infant church 
First and foremost, uh, they devoted themselves. Devoted um, means that they committed themselves, right, to the apostles' teaching and to the doctrines. Now, doctrine is a dirty word today. If you go to a church, uh, a lot of churches will say, "We, we don't teach doctrine. But, you know, again, because so, so many people say doctrine divides. So we need, we need to forget about not getting too caught up in all the doctrinal details. That's a problem for the church. Let's just, as long as people believe, that's sufficient. Let's just be glad that they're believing. That's not the way it was in the early church. Because the doctrine is what united them. The truth of God's Word is what united them. The doctrine didn't divide them like it does today. The doctrine united them as one. That's abundant life. Where the church comes together and they delve into the Word of God and they say, what is God saying? We have to know the truth. And from the lay people to the pastor, they know the Word of God so clearly. That's abundant life. And the apostles' preaching is what held them all together like glue. And they were diverse. They were, a, they were a, a, a mixed group of people coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. And yet they came and they'd hear the law preached to them. They'd hear the gospel preached to them. Two doctrines, the doctrine of the law, the doctrine of the gospel. And it united them together as one body. They were all sinners and they were all forgiven in Christ. And they were the body of Christ. And they used God's word to unite them. They used God's word to unite them in truth. Now, of course, in our church today, Satan has come and caused many believers to question what God has said, what Jesus said in his word. And now the church is divided of what the Bible says. It wasn't that way in the early church. In that infant church. They were of different backgrounds and and they were raised differently. They had different cultures, and and outwardly they were diverse. But in matters of faith, in matters of God's truth, in matters of God's word, in matters of the Lord's Supper, in matters of worship, in matters of doctrine, they were of one mind. That's abundant life. And it's no less true for us at First English. You know, we're a diverse group. If you look at our congregation on any given Sunday when we are all gathered together, we all come from different backgrounds from all over the country. We differ in politics. Uh, we differ in personality. We differ in, in age and income and, and status and, and experience. However, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to faith, we're one in God. We're the body of Christ. And we're a confessional church, which means we have everything that we believe written down in what we call the Lutheran Confessions, the Book of Concord. You want to know about sin? Open up the Book of Concord. Read what we say about sin. You want to learn about forgiveness? It's in the Book of Concord. This is what we believe about forgiveness. We're a confessional church. You just can't believe anything you want to believe. We confess, and confession means uh, to say the same thing God has spoken. So we dig into God's Word, and our church body, the Lutherans, have dug into God's Word. Martin Luther and all his followers dug into God's Word, found out what is God saying, and then they confessed that. And that's what the early church did. And it's no less true for us at First English. God's Word unites us. And that's what holds our fellowship together, and that's abundant life. 
But this unity in God's Word can only be maintained as long as we continue to study God's Word. It can, this unity, this abundant life can only be maintained when we as pastor and lay people dedicate ourselves to the Word of God, persist in reading them, not just at home in daily devotions, but weekly in church, coming to church and learning them and teaching them to our children, to the next generation. That's abundant life. And if we don't do that, this abundant life in God's church will vanish. It'll go away. If we ignore God's Word in our homes, and if we ignore God's Word in our churches, and we don't teach the faith to our children and communicate that in a good way, how to be lifelong students of Scripture, then the church will walk away from what Luke calls this abundant life. Yes, the early church centered on doctrine, but it also, it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, you know, when we hear the word fellowship, we often think about, oh, it's, 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 we have to go to the fellowship hall, and it's time to go in the fellowship hall for coffee and donuts. And of course, as you're eating coffee and donuts, what do we do when we fellowship? Well, we talk about family, and we talk about friends, and we talk about the cyclones, or we talk about the Hawkeyes. And if you're me, you talk about the Sooners, but nobody's listening. And so that's not fellowship. That, that's not fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship means they devoted themselves to studying God's Word means they devoted themselves to gathering together to worship. They devoted themselves to gather together for doctrine and teaching, to hear God's Word. And this is what united them in faith, the fellowship. They came because they were of one mind. It gave them a common purpose, and it drew them together as family, and they had a sense of belonging, not just to Christ. They had a sense of belonging to each other because they knew they were one body in Christ. They belonged to each other. And this gave them a responsibility. And so this early church pooled all their resources together, and they gathered all the things that they had there to help the poor. Anybody who had need, they, they freely received and they freely gave. And that's abundant life. Those first believers were wholeheartedly committed to helping each other. That's abundant life. Being there for each other. Sustaining their life together. And they sustained their life together through acts of mercy and acts of compassion. And if there was a need, if there was a problem, if there was concern, if there was a, a, a debt, they were there to take care of it. And understand that our fellowship's no different today. This is abundant life. Here at First English, in the church, there are no bystanders. In the church, there, there's nobody sitting on the bench. We're all, we're all participants in this life together, and we support it together. The first believers understood this. They, they lived this abundant life in Christ and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. These were the most important things. This was the center of their existence. More important than golf outings. 
It was the center of their existence. It was more important than, than soccer on Sundays or dance on Sundays. It was more important than getting sleep. It was abundant life. Don't you see, fellowship mattered more. The fellowship mattered more. Those first Christians mattered to li- uh, managed to live their lives so faithfully that visibly they demonstrated that, that faith in Christ, that it was the center of their life. It was the center of their existence, and it was real, this fellowship. And they were unafraid to, to take risks, to invest their money, to invest their time, to invest their property and talents in the church of God and in, in each other. This abundant life centered not only in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, but it also on the breaking of bread now and, and the prayers. The breaking of bread, well, that's Holy Communion. That's what we think it is anyway. Um, and, and the breaking of bread and the prayers go together. That's how Luke would have understood it. They came together for the breaking of bread and the prayers. Um, that's how important it was. Every time they got together, there was, the, there was Holy Communion. And it was about 15 years ago at our national convention that our church body said we need to be having communion every single week when the body of Christ gets together. Our church still doesn't do that. We still only meet, um, or still only have communion every other Sunday. But in the book of Acts, if they got together, there was communion because it was important. That was the center of things. That was the center of their life together. That was abundant life. And of course, this is what, what nourished their faith. This is what nourished, it brought them forgiveness. It delivered forgiveness to them. It nurtured their faith and it equipped them to be able to forgive each other. And they were passionate. They were passionate about the Lord's Supper. That's abundant life. And built around the Lord's Supper were also the prayers. Um, St. Luke calls it the prayers. These weren't just prayers. okay? Not that prayers are bad, but these are the prayers. We today would call it the liturgy. The same liturgy that speaks back to God what He's told us to say. It speaks back to God what He tells us to believe. And so we speak back God's Word back to God. And there were set prayers, and there were set hymns, and there were set readings, just like they were, just like they are today in our worship. Because that's the way it was back in the synagogues in the Old Testament. It's how they worshiped back then. The liturgy, the spoken, sung Word of God. And it was the very center of their existence together. It was abundant life. So this is what abundant life looks like today. And we possess it. And so many choose to not arrive at the abundant life to worship, to center their life on the study of God's Word, on worship and coming together or breaking the bread. They choose to be somewhere else and but you have that abundant life today. It's available to you. Now, I know this is not an easy life. And I know that there's a lot of suffering out there. And there's a lot of trouble and sorrow in COVID-19. It's a life where Jesus said in our second lesson, 
It's a life where wolves and thieves and robbers threaten to steal, kill, and destroy. That doesn't sound like an abundant life, but that's what the enemy does. Causes sorrow. But Jesus come in the midst of all this brokenness to give you an abundant life. So you have abundant life because Jesus devoted himself to you. He invested in your eternal good. And Scripture says, you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb, like a lamb without blemish or spot. And Peter writes, He, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you are healed, the good shepherd. And he did all of this so that you might live the abundant life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.